If I wanted to, I would get an ohm symbol tattooed on my fucking nutsack and no one would stop me. That's Ryan Arico, and this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hello there. Wow, that's loud. Um, in my ears, anyway. I hope it's okay in your ears. Um, I'm Kevin, as always, and um, hope you're keeping well. A little bit of housekeeping before I get started. Um, I got good, exciting news. My retreat is sold out already. So the tickets went on sale on Friday, and all the early birds have been taken um, within less than a week, which is great. Very happy about that. If you'd like to come to, still come to the retreat, you can put your name down to be on the waiting list. And sometimes with retreats, a couple of people may drop out, may not be able to go, and then you'll be the first to be notified. Um, if a space is available, your name will be on the top of the list. Other bit of housekeeping is I have a workshop happening in May, which is a bit far away, I know. But um, if it's before May 2019, go onto my site, Kevin Boy Yoga, and find my events. It'll be under there. It's Handstand Workshop, Heels Overhead. Last bit of housekeeping is this Sunday, April 7th, I'm doing a live Q&A, a live podcast with Adam Husler. Uh, tickets are available. It's free. All you've got to do is RSVP. There's a couple of spots left and come along ask your questions and be part of the podcast which is exciting right let's get into this guest we'll not get into him that sounds a bit strange um, let's um, speak about this guest ryan orico um ryan is uh someone that i actually didn't like and um, this is a bit of a strange one i was familiar with ryan's work on instagram and didn't like it i thought i don't like this this guy's style what he's, what he's saying, the way he's saying it. Uh, I really want to speak to him, which sounds a bit strange, but you have. I think it's important to, to understand that I spend a lot of my time talking to people that love yoga, that um, or um, how and that portray yoga in a certain way. And I wanted to speak to someone who would juxtapose that position and give an interesting slant. And I actually think it's more important to have. Um, more honest conversations so a lot of people are kind of afraid to say what they really feel and they want to put out a narrative that suits them that fits in with their social media account this image that they've painted of themselves and I understand that because people can give you criticism and it can be quite faceless so you don't want to make yourself too vulnerable or say something that's going to upset someone or a group of people uh, in this kind of outrage culture we're living now but refreshingly ryan ryan isn't like this um ryan talks about uh, instances he's had where he's caused some upset um some massive backlash um there is some bad language in this podcast but um i think it's suitable for the content and the <laughs> and the um the nature of the conversation um so with ryan to give you a quick bit of background he was a yoga teacher before and now he he did very well he has a podcast that is called unusually focused and it talks about how to make money as a yoga teacher essentially which is um, an important thing that a lot of people don't want to speak about you know how do you actually make a living and um, now he spends a lot of his time uh, 
coaching, mentoring people to be better business people. Yoga teaches to be better business people. So I, I challenge him on quite a few things and um, he plays ball and I really like that and I, I appreciate that. So it makes for a great conversation. The w one thing I will say before I get uh, put Ryan on is I think this is the last remote call I'm going to do for a few reasons. I, this one came out well because I did some editing, some tidying up. I changed the the voice levels but um it's so much better in person for for three reasons really the number one being the chemistry i i like to meet people i mean i spend so much time on my own already i've talked about this before and i actually like to sit across from someone look them in the eyes and have a good conversation and I, as a listener because i listen to other podcasts i i don't really want to listen to a phone conversation on skype I want to listen to two people chatting to each other and to, for it to be as natural as possible. That's the first reason, the chemistry. The second is the sound quality um, because ultimately not everyone owns a USB mic like I do and therefore for you, the listener, if you're listening to someone, like I'm speaking to you now, is like I'm almost in your ear, I'm right next to you, which sounds a bit strange. But um, um, whereas when you're on a Skype call, if you don't have a good mic, it sounds like you're listening to someone speak for an hour at the end of a corridor. It's not ideal. The third and final reason would be that it's it's kind of hard to arrange these Skype calls as well. I, I waste a lot of time uh, or spend a lot of time in edit, editing and people miss calls. And I've had so many people let me down, to be honest, that... Um, my time is too precious and I, I say there's going to be a guest on one week and then suddenly the guest can't be on. So it's, um, yeah, I'm going to stick with it in person. So this is a special episode because it's the last one that's going to be on Skype. <laughs> like I said, this one went well, but um, yes, you know, let, let's keep improving this. And uh, I, I want to create a podcast that I will listen to. Yeah, so there you go. All right. So if you find value from this podcast you can support it directly you can go to kevinboyoga.ie forward slash support the yoga life podcast um this is i don't know if you're aware but apple of not apple sorry bbc are now putting their podcast behind a paywall so you have to pay a subscription to sign up and there's also another platform that russell brand and a few other more high profile podcasts are going to called luminari i think uh, where it's um Unlike, it's, if you want to listen to their podcast, you have to pay for it. Um, now, I'm not saying that um, I deserve money, but um, if you enjoy the podcast, this is something that I want to keep doing, and I want to make sure that um, it's actually adding value. And the way I see that, and I feel that from people, is if you choose to support it, um, that would be great. If you would like to grab yourself a couple of bargains, then let me tell you about our two sponsors for today. First one is Om Apparel. Um, Om have just released their spring collection where you can get yourself some uh, some tees, some shorts, and uh, some eco-friendly gear. Uh, I, I'm really conscious of like how much of my waste, my carbon footprint. I, uh, I have a keep cup, which I've had for ages now, and I try to always use my cardboard box when I go in to buy my groceries instead of using plastic bags. And um, that should be the same for your clothes i mean if i go into certain other brands and i see oh a t-shirt 10 quid sweet i'll buy that 
it doesn't last. So buy quality, not quantity. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you go to omapparel. Oh, sorry, excuse me, om.com forward slash the yoga life podcast, then you can go on their site, pick out some gear that you need. It's men's clothing for men who like to move and do yoga, and uh, put in the promo code Kevin for 15% discount off. It's not included on clearance items, but you can get your spring collection for 15%, man. Um, I wear the gear myself, so you can either look on their site or look at my pictures on inst- on the Instagram and see, you know, if I can look good wearing it, good-ish, anyone can. <laughs> All right, so the next final sponsor is uh, Yogaru, 108 Yoga Sequencing Cards. These guys, or these guys, it's Ruth. Ruth is a, a self-employed uh, entrepreneur like myself in a, in a little studio, grafting away, making these beautiful sequencing cards that allow you to build a good, solid home practice. And then they have all the information you need on there, all the, all the alignment cues, the level guides, the anatomy coding, and all the translations from Sanskrit to English. So you can go on to yogaru.ie, go in and see their sequencing cards are in a lovely turquoise box put in the promo code kevin at checkout and you get 10 percent discount there you go so if you enjoy this podcast at any stage you can share it on your social media our instagram stories is usually a good one um, best way to listen i feel is on is on spotify but the statistics show me that half more than half people listen to an apple podcast so you know each to their own but either way, if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. If you like any information or ask me any questions, you can find me online. Instagram is Kevin Boy Yoga, website kevinboyyoga.ie. Enjoy. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? It's going all right, man. Thanks for, thanks for asking me to come on your podcast, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was, you're welcome. It was a pretty unique um, introduction. Um, since you made it public yourself, I'll make it public. Uh, our introduction on the um, on the podcast here. Sure. So my message, my message to you was, "Hey Ryan, I, this is an Instagram direct message. I appreciate your honesty, so I hope you appreciate mine. I have one acknowledgement to make, one question, and a statement. I'm not a fan of your work on IG. Would you like to be a guest on my podcast?" I believe in free speech and I think you could offer an interesting opinion that could juxtapose all of the yoga teachers I've had on so far as guests. I've been asked to be on lots of podcasts. I, I usually turn them down. Actually, I've turned all of them down yeah. except one that ended up getting messed up. But I, I used to just really not like podcasts. I just didn't like them. So I didn't and I didn't listen to them. So I just have always turned them down, but that definitely caught my attention, man, for sure. It worked. Yeah. I want to make a distinction. I want to make a distinction though, because I don't like something. It doesn't mean I don't think it's not valuable. Um, So I think that the reason I wanted to speak with you is because I'm increasingly aware of the, the outrage culture, particularly on social media, people who are get very easily offended but worse than that, they think that being offended actually matters. Like they're, they're so offended that it means you shouldn't say what you are allowed mm-hmm. to say under having free speech in a country like America. Uh, whereabouts in America are you, by the way? I'm in uh, at Los Angeles, man. I'm from Chicago originally. I moved to LA about 10 years ago. And okay. that's where I found yoga and all this stuff. So I'm in, I'm in LA now. 
Okay, I was really just checking if you weren't Canadian. <laughs> just to make that so you're not, so that's, that's fine. Um, sorry about that. I know it's the English-Irish thing as well. Would be, um, anyway, so, but going back to my point, Ryan, is that I am, I understand that when I say something, it's recorded, and once I upload it, it's there forever. At any stage, someone can go back to it and reference something I said. And I'm really conscious of... <laughs> Of um, I want to be uh, professional and I want to be um, um, to be tasteful, but at the same time I don't want to be censored. I actually want to say what I think, and I'm just figuring this out myself in terms of how can I do that in a way that's constructive, not just trying to offend people, but trying to tell what I feel is truthful to me. And if it causes offence, so be it. I, I'm not going to not say something because it may offend one person, and that's the reason why. Although I'm not a fan of your IG work because it's not aesthetically pleasing to me, I, I don't. It doesn't mean I don't think it's not valuable. In fact, I think it's very valuable. I think that um, people need to have be able to have open discussions uh, and, ha- and for there to be healthy debates. So that's the reason why I wanted to speak with you. So um, just wanted to set that out there. So can I get straight into the the meat of it? What is your yeah. background with yoga? Well, when I moved to Los Angeles, I, I hated yoga. When I first moved here, I was 27 years old. I had tried it a couple of times when I was in yeah. Chicago. Um, I, I'd gotten into jujitsu and I was just really stiff. And the teachers there just suggested I try a yoga class. So I did. And it was basically what I expected yoga to be, which was like just, you know, it was like chanting in Chinese, Sanskrit, weirdo stuff. And I, and I didn't like it at all. The teacher was nice. And, and, I, and I guess I sort of felt relaxed and stuff. And I went back a couple of times, but it just like, it just felt like what I thought it was, which wasn't that fun. And I didn't really think it could help me too much. It didn't seem to do much. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just, I stopped. And then I eventually when I I was a trainer, I was a personal trainer at the time, and I got pretty good at marketing and I started talking more about marketing on Twitter. And then this woman named Valerie Waters, who's a celebrity trainer, she's kind of famous. I'd seen her in magazines and things when I was just a young trainer. So she she messaged me on Twitter after she'd seen some of my tweets. Mm-hmm. We talked. Eventually, I ended up moving to L.A. to work with her. And in that process, she, she there was a studio that she really loved that eventually she talked me into going to. And it was just, I mean, it, it's like a, a sceny Los Angeles, like crazy vinyasa class. It was just mat to mat packed music turned all the way up. It was just a, a scene, lots of pretty girls. Um, so like going to that class, it was, it was just fun. Like it was like a workout more than it was more than I was going there for some sort of yoga experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that kind of hooked me, but I never really took it too seriously. Like I never really took the subtle stuff about yoga too seriously. I just kind of was going there to work out. Mm. And really uh, in this studio, it was almost normal for people to like do the hard part of the class. And then once it got to like the floor postures at the end of a vinyasa class, people would just bail out. They would just leave after they did the, the hard stuff before Shavasana. Wow. And, that. and I did that for, I did that for a long time. Like I just thought that was just what people did. Mm. And then it wasn't until, um, my teachers were doing a teacher training and they asked me if I could help with their marketing and, but they couldn't really afford to pay me. So I just said, well, all right, well, I'll just do your training and then I'll help you with marketing. So I did, mm-hmm. did the teacher training and that, I mean, I, I didn't go into it to teach. I went into it just for fun. The teachers are really fun. It was full and it's just cool. So I did it. And, um, it was in during teacher training that we were, 
I mean, I don't want to say forced, but we, like we did a lot of meditation. It was a very experiential training. We just did a lot of weird meditation stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was after one of the sessions that I was walking home and it was the first time in years that I recognized that I was able to hold eye contact with people as like I was walking down the street. And then I went into Whole Foods and like I, I was really self-conscious about the fact that I couldn't hold eye contact with people for a long time. And it was this one day when I was like, holy shit, like something happened to me. And I, and I just was like, it, that started me thinking about, I, I could teach this. Like I could help other people see the value of meditation that wouldn't because they just didn't really get it. They thought it was weird. I, I, I wanted to be able to talk to people like me. Like I wanted to be the guy that I found 10 years prior hmm. after having discovered meditation because it really did help me a lot. Um, so that it was that it was that moment. It was like one day that was like, I, I want to do something with this. And that kind of just then I started exploring teaching and all of this stuff. But it was my interest was never really in the teaching postures or anything like that. It was like I thought I could make the this more subtle parts of yoga cool. Mm. Um, so I decided to give it a shot. Start so how long did you teach yoga for? I taught yoga for, I, I finished teacher training in September, 2013. I started teaching right after that. My popular class is my morning burn class, which everyone kind of knows me for. I started that January, 2014, and I taught my last class, October, 2017. So almost four years. So now you're not a yoga teacher. How do you make money? I sell online. Well, I, I teach, I started by teaching yoga teachers how to do better marketing that okay. was sort of like the first product like digital product mm -hmm. that i made um i've always done some like marketing consulting in the background even when i was teaching yoga i would i was still doing a little bit of consulting yeah. so the majority of my money now comes from uh a combination of consult like marketing consulting and then selling online products about how to do better marketing mm -hmm. it was just for yoga teachers or kind of like that's where i focus my attention but now it's sort of expanded um, out, outside of yoga as well. Okay. Um, okay. That's interesting. What, so I want to get into um, like some specifics with you. Uh, and that is, um, the, the Rachel yoga girl, what i um, the girl that has 2 million in followers, Instagram. I, mm -hmm. I don't actually follow her myself. I don't find her stuff interesting, but, um, um, for me, it just doesn't resonate with me. But what is your back? What what is your um, kind of give me some context about the cultural appropriation thing that happened with with you and her, or how, how did that come about? Sure, yeah. Well, it really wasn't much to do with her. So I, I saw her, and I was actually like, I kind of agree. Like her stuff is, you know, she, she, I don't really have a problem with her, and and I don't really, I'm not attracted to her stuff. I don't really look mm -hmm. at it. But I went on her page one day, and I saw some post she made that was. Uh, she had a, a tattoo of an ohm symbol on her okay. ankle. And I think, I think at this point she made a post sort of, I think she got called out for it. And, she, and this post was like defending this, this tattoo she had. And I made a post that was just totally just intended to be a joke where I, I basically was like, I can't believe people are giving her a hard time about this tattoo, blah, blah, blah. If I wanted to, I would get an ohm symbol tattooed on my fucking nutsack and no one would stop me. And, and like, it wasn't to me, I just thought it was just funny. And in fact, I had said so much worse than that. That was like kindergarten shit, like to me. Um, and then a few people 
that didn't even follow me came into the comments of that post and just started calling me all these just nasty names. It was like typical sort of like SJW behavior and calling me a social justice warrior, just calling me a racist and a bigot and all of this stuff. And I, you know, in hindsight, I didn't really handle it as well as I should have. I, I typically, when, when someone comes into my comments on a post they don't like, I allow anyone to say anything they want unless they have a private account. So I don't let private accounts bash me. And I, and I had a pretty strict rule about that. Like, if you're not going to show me who you are, you're not allowed to come in and bash me. You can, you can say nice things, but if you want to bash me, you need to have a, a public account with something where I can look at who you, who you are, you know? And, and a few people had private accounts and they started talking too much shit and I should have st- abided by my policy and blocked them, but I didn't. I started kind of going back and forth with them. They eventually, it was like, it started with just like a few women who were sort of friends on Instagram. And then they started making pages that were like dedicated to taking me down, pulling out old tweets and screenshotting them and just doing the, the, the thing you hear about when someone makes some mistake and they say something mm-hmm. and they, they, everything from their past gets called into question, you know? So it turned into this like big, huge thing. And I lost tons and tons of followers and even, which I typically don't care too much about, but I was even customers, like customers and people that I really liked. And I thought liked me were like asking for refunds and unfollow. It was, wow. it was crazy. Um, but I think, I, yeah, I just, I handled it poorly. I, I, I mean, I think I handled it poorly in the beginning, but once it started, um, a lot of people kept like messaging me and telling me like, bro, you should just stop this. Like, it's just not a good look, but I, I, but I didn't, I just, I wanted to be open about everything that was going on. I just thought, well, look, I'm already in the fight. So I may as well just let everyone see, mm-hmm. see it. So I, 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 I talked about it a little bit too much, but I think, um, I think in the end there's, a, there was a lot of value in that because people got to watch what happened when something didn't go well for me. At this point I had been like, everything was kind of going well. My stuff was blowing up. People were loving me and it was just going really well. So they just seemed like I couldn't, you know, like I I couldn't be touched. I was like Teflon, but then I, but then that happened and it allowed people to see me get shaken up. Um, and, and, and it, it allowed them to see me recover from it and handle it and all that stuff. So I think for a, a lot of people who, are kind of in on the joke and who like my stuff. It was a cool experience for them, but it, it just got, it, it was blown way out of proportion. I, I still, I mean, really I I've made the post since then, but I would still get an ohm tattoo on my nutsack. Like I, I, it had nothing to do with cultural appropriation. I wasn't like, I mean, I think if you're, if you're appropriating something and if it's making you money or something, I can understand why there could be a problem there, but it was just mm. a fucking joke. You know what I mean? And I think any serious guru or Indian person, whoever, whatever, whoever these people are that are, that they think I'm appropriating from, I'm pretty sure that they would just laugh at my ridiculous statement, you know, and if they would be offended, fuck them too. You know, I, I don't care. Someone drew a fucking ohm symbol on a cave wall way before the, the yogis appropriated it. You know what I mean? So it's like, calm the fuck down. So that that was, that was the the gist. Yeah, I do. I do. I hear what you're saying. I think, um, you can, someone can feel that that's uh, not to their taste but it does does baffle me that um people get uh so irate uh, on social media particularly about um they feel like you can't make a joke um so i understand yes it, it may not be to their taste but you were making a joke i i don't personally find it funny or or tasteful but i wouldn't i wouldn't think about messaging you i like to me I'm too busy doing my own thing to get caught up in 
commenting on, comment on someone else totally. who made a joke. Um, and I, I, I think that I think now that everyone feels like, oh, I've I've got a voice. I've got a voice because I have an, an account, and what my opinion really matters. And it, and it, the, the reality is, I think everyone has a right to to say what they feel, but that their their opinion, all, all opinions are have equal value in some context. Um, so I think what you, that's why I find what you're, what you're doing interesting, but I do get this feeling that you're quite cynical about yoga and that you're mocking, um, yogis. For example, there's a video on your YouTube. I know it's an old one, but it's the, uh, the Stephen Wigand hour with Stephen Wigand starring with Stephen Wigand. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Sorry if I'm mm-hmm. not, but he seems to be just mocking what yeah. a teacher may say in class about being still and um, namaste this type of thing and i'm just wondering why is it feels like you have a real disdain for yoga teachers is that the case and if so why uh, well first of all so that video of steven that he actually wasn't mocking a yoga teacher he was doing a, an impression of a voice of one of the really popular teachers at that studio it was it was like a really on point impression of another teacher's voice he he, he definitely i mean steven is a is a hardcore yogi and yoga teacher and he would never um so so i just wanted to be clear about that but um uh, yeah i you know i have a i don't have a disdain for yoga teachers so much i think the ones that i do sort of well that's not even true yeah i do i i have a disdain for yoga teachers and and i and i and i think it's it's more the ones who are just like the instagram um the instagram yoga teacher type who you know, the, the, the pretty, the, the full on feed of just curated, pretty photos who it's all inspiration and like love and light type stuff. I, I, I do sort of disdain that person. I, I mean, I feel like really most of the people who are trying to teach yo- what they call yoga aren't really teaching yoga at all. Like a lot of them, they'll show up to a class and they'll teach their classes, or maybe even they teach a lot of classes and maybe they work with clients, but like when, and and not that social media is everything, but it appears to me that they, they don't really live like they don't really embody a yoga mindset or lifestyle that they're just, you know, they, they, they just, they do the, they, they put on the little dog and pony show, but they're not really, doing it, you know, and they're not really like, cause, cause really, especially with the way that things are done now, like people who teach yoga, their students see them more outside of a class than they do inside of a class. And, and, and just, and, and especially being in Los Angeles, I mean, there's yoga is ridiculously popular here. And I had a lot of experience with yoga teachers who were, when I go to their class, they were like, who the fuck is this guy? Cause like when I, when I talked to him last week, he was just like, total dickhead, a sex addicted fucking asshole. Like, and it's common. It's like, it's, it's super common. And not just guys, it would be conversations with women. Um, like the amount of shit they talk about people and just the way they behave outside of them putting it when they're not in their yoga uniform. I, I, I just, it just annoys yeah, it's it interesting just annoys to say me. that because I had a, ch- um, sorry to interject, but I had a, a chap on my podcast, um, teacher i and a person a human i really really respect um by the name of dicey decline and he was and he was like number 10 of my number 10 mm-hmm. the 10th episode i did but one thing he said he lives in la real high profile yogi he has the pretty account he has very physically impressive um 
but um so he has that but also sure. he does he is very honest in his posts he's not all not always philosophical and, and this type of thing but i and i really like him he's someone i would kind of uh, look i look up to and i i think it's okay to have people that you like their style and you think oh i can be a bit more like that but one thing he said on my podcast was that he knows people in la who are yoga teachers who are um they put across on social media that they are you know vegan and they believe in peace and love for all but actually they're not living that life outside of that so i do think people think that the more instagram followers you have the more valuable you are and the two don't equate to each other that that's not the case i've realized that from i've spoken to people on this on this podcast that have a million followers i'm not referring to the person that has a million followers but um well actually that's keenan mcgregor but she was actually great but but I've spoken to people that have 100,000 followers and um, then they don't, for me, have as, sometimes have as much to say as someone that's got 1,000. So it, I don't think your Instagram followers should uh, equate to your value. And, um, but, I, and, but I do think that, um, I don't know where I'm going with this, Ryan. Just jump in here. <laughs> I'm often, I'm actually, I want to ask you about, sorry, a specific person, if that's okay. Um, and you can you can say uh, you don't answer this or not because when you posted that thing, so if people don't know, um, Ryan took uh, a screenshot of my direct message and posted it on his main feed, which is risque, but I'm cool with that. Um, so so he did that, and then my friend messaged me and said, "Oh, this guy Ryan, um, you should ask him about Dylan Werner. He's not a fan, he's not a fan of Dylan Werner. Do you know why this is? Because my friend loves Dylan Werner, and I I really like Dylan Werner. So um, is this the case? And if so, why? Uh, I don't really know that I have a problem with Dylan Werner. I think Dylan Werner sort of represents uh, one of the things that I see wrong with the way yoga is currently being taught. And, and, and even Dice, like I know, I, I don't know him personally, but I know who he is. And, you know, I think I, I don't even read either of their posts. I don't follow either one of them. I occasionally someone will send me something and I'll look at it and whatever. Um, but I think so, so like someone like, let's just, I'll get back to Dylan in one second, but with like dice, you said you like him because he's honest in his posts and, and all of this stuff, which I get, but, but here's my thing about that. So when, when someone goes to a, a page like his or like Dylan's where it's just pretty photos, you can scroll, you can scroll through a thing and it's, it's exclusively pretty photographs. There's nothing, there's nothing else. I, I don't believe that people really even read what they're saying. And, and I think the images are more impactful than their words because they never really force people to read their words. There's almost like, even when someone is honest or someone is saying something that sort of um, makes someone think in their caption, if the photograph is pretty, and if all of the other photographs that they've seen so far on that person's account are pretty, it allows them to just sort of easily unhook from the idea and just can, like justify continuing to follow them because the pretty photograph or, or, be, or, or because they're convinced that it's inspiring to them or something. So I don't really care if someone, if, if they only post pretty photographs and they never show themselves stumbling or talking, I don't really care what their captions say because I kind of think they're full of shit. So, so like, you know, that's kind of my, my main issue. And I know it's sort of a blanket statement that can't be entirely true in all cases, but I can't fucking, you know, sometimes you got to swing a swing the hammer, man. And there's going to be collateral damage. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like with Dylan, it's like, it's like with, with Dylan, with Dylan, I, I, I don't really, 
know much about him. The thing that I said, but the, the post that I made, I wasn't even really talking bad about Dylan, the one that I'm assuming your friend is referring to. I took a screenshot of him. This is, this is exactly the problem. So the screenshot I posted of Dylan was just like a little piece of text from one of his captions that said, um, hey, hey, if you if you are just here for the pretty photos, keep scrolling. But if you care what I have to say, re- read below, like apologizing for having thoughts, having ideas or having something to say, or, or I think he was actually selling something in that post. And, and a lot of people look up to Dylan and they look up to people like Dice. So I don't think it's good for, for teachers who can't really support themselves with their following to think that the right behavior or approach is to apologize if you have thoughts and focus exclusively on pretty photographs. I just thought it, it was just the, the idea that that demonstrated to me was problematic. And I just, I didn't even say anything bad about Dylan. I was like, this is, I, I can't remember what my caption was, but it was just like, this is weird. Like, fuck this. Why is this guy apologizing for saying something? I think he's, he's a role model to a lot of people. People look up to him and they, and they emulate him. And I don't think that's a good, healthy way to operate. Yeah. Do you know my, well, my friend was, I don't know what my friend was talking about then, because to me, that doesn't show that you weren't being, um, uh, you weren't talking bad of him. You were just analyzing um, a comment he made. But 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 the but totally. I would say though, by Dylan Werner saying that, he's recognizes that his market maybe are prioritized the pictures over the actual writing itself. So maybe to play devil's advocate, he's he's not he's recognizing that people get too caught up in the visual and maybe don't read his comments as much as he would like. And but this, on the second point. He's selling something. Would you begrudge him for? Would you begrudge him for selling something? Is that wrong? Do you think? No, 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 definitely, definitely not. I, like, I, I would, I wouldn't have even called him out if he didn't say that it was. It was the first sentence. If he just got into the pitch, like if it was the picture, and then I think he was pitching a training. If he just went straight to the pitch, like I love selling stuff. I think every, I try to. That's what I do. It's like the the, the bulk of my work. I'm trying to get people to sell their shit. Um, and so like, it was, it was just the way he, the way he did it. And admittedly, like I, you know, when I see something, I, I, I just kind of like, I shoot from the hip sometimes. Um, I don't, I don't probably consider every little piece of information, but I just, there's just something about the way those types of accounts operate that I think is a problem. And I, and it, and I know that it is for a fact because I hear from people all of the time who those accounts make people feel shitty. You know, and and granted, they can definitely unfollow them, and a lot of people do unfollow them. But I think there's there's a lot of people who who want to be uh, who are really good teachers and who have really good things to say, and they can help people. But they're not doing it because they think they're not good enough, or because they think they, or because they don't have as many followers, or because they can't take as many pretty photographs or whatever, and they don't. So I just I use those people. So like Dylan. Dylan has a big following and, and I know Dylan is making some money with Aloe and whatever. I think he's one of the few with a following who actually makes a pretty good living, you know? So I think there's all the, there's all the positives and the benefits that come with that for him. But like when you get on a stage, there's a, it comes with a spotlight and it can't all be good. So if you want to shine a light on yourself, I'm going to see it and I'm going to have comments, you know? So that's, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, no, you know? no, fair enough. But do you think that, what your the content you produce do you think instagram is the best platform for it because i think people's well as we it's probably obvious thing to say but people's 
attention spans are coming more and more fragmented. It's so difficult. To, I mean, if you ask most people, when was the last time you sat down and read a book for an hour or even watched a Netflix show for half an hour without checking your phone, most people would probably say they don't do that. They are constantly on their phone. And I think with Instagram, um, we are less, I, 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 our, excuse me, our um, attention span is even more fragmented. So the fact that you produce um, uh, a lot of content and you do those talking random random videos, talking straight to camera uh, videos. Mm -hmm. Do you think Instagram is is it, uh, the best platform for you, or maybe would Twitter be better? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I I don't know. I, I don't know exactly. I think t I t people have suggested that I get back on Twitter. I just Twitter just never really sang to me. And in fact, I I didn't like Instagram for a very long time. My my initial success with yoga when I built my class was just with Facebook and email and Facebook mm -hmm. advertising. I was one of the people who was intimidated by Instagram because I didn't I could never do all of those cool poses. Like even when I, when I was teaching yoga, I don't, I still don't do handstands. I don't do arm balances. I don't do any of that shit. So I always felt when I was teaching, like, I can't really play there. It just, it's too hard for me. I, mm. I can't do those things. So I didn't. And I focused on Facebook and, and at some point I started kind of becoming more interested in Instagram. I think because my Facebook, maybe something changed where I just didn't like what I was seeing or the conversations mm. or something. So I kind of moved over to Instagram and it, and it took me a long time. And I, and I do believe that, you know, there is something to be said for there are short attention spans. And I think I make it more difficult for myself with mm. Instagram and, and maybe there would be a better place for it. But it's, I think there's also a lot of people who are tired of the Dylans and, and they wanted something different, you know, or at least to see another way to approach it. So I, I you know, I just started, started doing that. And I think, you know, for someone who, can't do all of those pretty cool things when you something like a random talking video and when someone sees an unedited video an unedited video of somebody just talking to the camera on instagram i think it stands out mm -hmm. you know so so the one of the the, the pretty photograph type accounts i think it's easy to just scroll past those things to not even see them because everyone's do, doing that you know like it's hard to even stand out there anymore because everything that you can do someone else can do it way fucking better someone else half your age can do it way better than you can do it so if you're competing just on images or how good your poses look it's it's just a harder game to play so um i think there are there is value in the f because you believe that instagram isn't the best place for this type of content i think because i produce it anyways i think it stands out and it's working, you know, I, but it, I mean, it definitely, it's a slow process. I mean, it's a slow going thing. I think if I was to post more pretty things, I would probably get followers faster. I don't think I'd be making more money or anything like that. I don't think my actual results would be any better, but I think I would have more followers. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but no, absolutely. And, and talking about making money, can you give me an example of, um, what a yoga teacher would ask you to do like say an interesting case study where they've asked you to for a, a consultation on what can you give me an example sure so lots of people want to make um, online products right so there's a lot of teachers who teach classes and they want to build online videos or, or coaching programs yeah. and things like that and so that's that's like tends to be the bulk of what i focus on is 
helping people take ideas they have in their head for online products and then turn, turning them into products. So that, that, that's my focus. And I think um, because there's so much content, because there's so many people making video products and there's, there's even really big companies like Allo makes really expensive, big budget videos and stuff like that. Um, a, a lot of people are intimidated to do it because they think, well, people aren't going to buy my thing because there's a, that Dylan has one or those ones are prettier and they can do it better or whatever. Um, so I try to show people how using your personality more and letting um, mistakes come through and all these different things can be really attractive to a very small number of people. And, and, and when your message is focused and you, on those people and you're teaching a very small number of people, very specific things that those people will, will buy stuff from you, video products from you that they'll want to learn from you or whatever. So that, that, that's always been my focus. I think like, so, so I, I, random talking video is an interesting thing. So I can just use myself as an example and I can give you a few others. So I wanted to, my goal when I first started teaching yoga was to stop teaching classes and then focus on the internet and be doing things on the internet. So, and I, but at first I wanted to teach for a few years to sort of develop some street cred, get some reps and become a better teacher. So after I did that, I decided 2017 was the year that I was going to start making videos. So in the beginning of the year, I'd already kind of been at this point, I'd realized that yoga postures weren't really doing for my body, what they seemed to be doing for other pe people's bodies. I was, I was more mobile before I started doing yoga. Um, the, 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 po the postures just didn't do anything for me. So I started learning more about mobility and talking more about mobility on Instagram and all these different things. And a bunch of teachers became interested in those ideas. And I started injecting those ideas into my classes. And I was talking about that process and how some people didn't like it and how I was dealing with it. And then later in 2017, there was a bunch of teachers who were interested in how I was bringing these mobility concepts into my vinyasa class. So I made a product that basically showed people how I teach my class. And, and I showed, and I didn't really make it. So there was a few students in the video that I was like teaching, but I was talking to the camera and to the person watching the video more than I was actually teaching the students in the class and just talking about how I approach this and how I introduce these ideas without scaring people away. Um, so, so, and, and, and it was in that, process of getting ready to make that video that I started making random talking videos because I was freaked out about being in front of a camera. Um, so that was my own practice more than it was me trying to create some sort of movement on Instagram. And then it, it, and it worked and allowed people to see, you know, not just my thought process, but it allowed them to see me being awkward and stumbling, which ended up kind of being part of the product itself. So they were so I don't even know if I'm answering your question at this point, but but like just just to recap this piece. So so one of the things that I talk about with with things like random talking video and not just posting pretty stuff is that when people when you allow people in and and allow them to see you stumbling, your or their expectations of the product that you eventually produce or how you will be in person or whatever is a little more in line mm -hmm. with how you are in reality. Because one of the things I was always uh, afraid of is like if you present something on the internet and then you sell something or you have a workshop and people show up and then you're not that that to me is horrifying like i don't want to be nervous going into the thing because i've been showing something that i'm actually not like i'm not as cool as my instagram i'm actually way more awkward so i just let people see that i'm awkward and then when they ended up buying the class or the video 
um, they expected it, you know. Okay, yeah, I get you. Um, and you, you you mentioned that because um, I was listening, listening to your your podcast on SoundCloud. You mentioned that after you just want to get to go back to that um, the yoga girl thing that the the fallout from your your post was that did Instagram start deleting your post automatically or something like that. No, they weren't doing that. They were, well, a few of them were taken down just because I can't even remember which ones they were, but they were, I probably used someone's name or something and they got, I'm sure people reported it and they just took it down. They were, so there's a thing called shadow banning, which was like, I was shadow banned a couple of times, which basically they, you don't show up in a hashtag search and there's probably other things that I don't really know about. So like if, so when I would post a random talking video and use the hashtag, if you click on the hashtag, your, my videos weren't showing and it usually takes two weeks. So once they, they don't like delete your posts necessarily. Sometimes when they do delete a post, you're automatically shadow banned, but sometimes they can just shadow ban you. And then for it, what I've seen so far has been two weeks. So like you're just not showing up in different searches. So people that follow you still see your stuff in their timeline, but you just, it's, it's harder for, it's harder to find you. It's sort of like their little punishment, how they slap you on the wrist, you know? So that happened. But, uh, and I had a couple of posts deleted. I went in on, um, there's a Ashtanga teacher in Toronto. I forgot his name now, David Robson, David Robson. And, and, and I kind of went off on him and a couple of times they deleted those posts. Why did you go off on him? Uh, he seems like a dick, honestly, like uh, he's an Ashtanga teacher and he, um, those, uh, he's extreme adjustments, like disgusting adjustments, like, which, which I think, you know, if you want to do those things, it's like do them in private. But if you're going to post that shit on Instagram, uh, I got a problem with that shit. And he was posting just like really stupid ones, like, like insane. And I did, and I just don't, I, he just bothered, he, that guy just bothers me straight up. Some of these other guys like Dylan and those guys, like, I don't know. I mean, I kind of use them as an example because they allowed me to uh, demonstrate an idea in kind of a simple way. But um, David Robson, he just seems like a real, a huge dick. And I, and I don't like those um, adjustments, those extreme Ashtanga adjustments. And, and the ones he chose were not good. So I, I snapped on him a couple of times. Yeah, no, I'm laughing because um, it is... <laughs> regardless of what people think it is refreshing to hear someone talking like like you and um i um yeah you know it's 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 a line it's i'm still trying to figure out um how to navigate these waters because i think that when it comes to instagram for example because that's what would our primary um medium for communication i do like it to look um be pleasing to the eye to have a certain theme and that's just what I like personally. So therefore that's what I produce because I like to look at that and I like nice photography. Mm -hmm. I don't like when people take like grainy photographs. I just don't like that. It would, and it would make me think um, like, for example, I'm um, doing a retreat later this year and I looked at different retreat centers. I went onto the website and I click on the page and the, the picture's pixelated. And I'm just like, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm just, if you can't have the time to get a high quality picture of your retreat, I'm not booking my retreat with you guys. So that's how I feel about Instagram. It's like your shop window, but maybe, but you're not on there for that reason. So that's, so your, your motive is different. You're trying to 
you're trying to stick a crowbar or a monkey wrench into the normal uh, bland narrative. So, and I understand that because you're looking to get attention. Um, to me, it seems like you're sometimes uh, looking to cause offence to, gra- to grab attention. Would that be fair to say? Um, yeah, I, I guess that would be fair. You know, I think, you know, with Instagram, what I found, and I think it's slowly been like an evolution. I don't know that I really started with this in mind, but what I like about it and one of the main reasons I use it is to just play with ideas, you know, so I, I don't necessarily use it. I mean, I do promote my stuff, but I don't use it as, as like a, a website or whatever. Like, I, so, so you know, for, for your example about a retreat center not using pretty photographs on their website, I don't really see it. It's not like an analogous thing to me. Instagram is a place where I can quickly, if I have an idea for something, I can quickly make a video or quickly put something together, throw it out there and kind of see what comes comes of it and then allow me to advance my thinking. Um, that, that's kind of why I use Instagram more than more than I do as a, a, a like a promotional device. I think so. So if I was, um, I, I mean, I have another account. I have a yoga sex rock God page, which is, you know, my sort of alter ego fun thing. But, but if I was, so if I opened a yoga studio, for example, I would, my yoga studio page, I would probably be leaning more towards having, uh, pretty photographs and kind of a theme thing running through it as like a, as like a business entity. But for my personal account, I don't really use it that way. I like it as a, as a place that I can quickly, work out ideas in my head and, and make them better, make them different, whatever. That's kind of, that's kind of why I like it, you know? Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, it is called Instagram as in like instant gram. So, you know, you're using it in a more of a, an instant fashion. So uh, I think it just depends, as you said, what your, what your, your purpose, what your intention is and your intention is to put ideas sure. out and, and create a conversation uh, because, some people just some people even put up i know teachers people that put up posts and they turn off comments or they turn off um if they put a story up you can't in you can't actually write them a message you can't mm-hmm. really respond to that what do you make of that i think that's fucking ridiculous i don't even know why someone would even want to do that the everything i talk about so i think i think you should be using social media to start conversations and that's why you should use social media. And if you're not using it for that, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I think you're using it wrong, really, you know. Um, so I, I can't imagine what someone's trying to achieve with that other than just like look at me and look at what I can do is, is sort of all I can imagine that they're thinking. Because why wouldn't you want responses to it? I think one of the, one of the reasons my stuff, um, even with a small audience, has kind of hit is because of what happens in the, in the comments, not in every post, but on, you know, some or a, a large percentage sometimes where, you know, I have an idea for something or I say something that like people may find controversial or offensive or whatever, especially when I was, I don't do it much anymore, but when I was talking a lot of shit about the practice of yoga and how people are teaching it, I think what, what really bothers people is that when they go into my comments, there's a bunch of people who agree with me. So, so it's like the volume of people who actually do agree is, uh, you know, that's what, that's what upsets them more than it is that some crazy fucking guy made some controversial post. Um, so, so yeah, I can't, I can't imagine why someone would not want comments or would, would stop them. That, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, mm, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be speculating as to why that's the case. I actually don't know what, why. I've never actually, the people that do that, I've never actually asked them why they do that. Um, yeah, maybe it's a case of they, I don't know, they, they, they spend too much time applying to people, but I mean, that seems like a good problem to, problem well, to have. So, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think sometimes when I see when I see it done, it's like when when someone who, especially with really popular accounts that have hundreds of thousands of followers, when they have maybe said or done something that people didn't like, they may make a post that sort of explains what they actually meant. And, and, and because they get hundreds or thousands of comments or whatever, that they just don't want to deal with that. I can, I can, I mean, I still think it's stupid, but that, that I could see maybe that being the reason. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think people use Instagram and social media in really strange ways. I think a lot of people are, it's one of the reasons that I, that I sort of lampoon, um, you know, guys, the aloe yoga people, guys like Dylan is because a lot of people who don't have that many followers or that big of an audience or, or have a check coming in from aloe yoga every month. It's like, they, they see that as the right way and they emulate it and they don't get results. And, and, and most of those accounts, like they don't really get results. Like there's people that have a half a million followers who have, which is strange to me actually. And they've made posts that they, that they're broke, that they don't make any money. It's like, what the, what the fuck are, are you doing? How could you possibly not be making money? If I was to take the results that I'm getting from, I have 7,000 followers now. If I was to take, if I could maintain the results I get with this audience and multiply my 7,000 to have a half a million, I would be making almost a hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? It would be eight strong, eight figures. Not that like that would be impossible because I'm, my stuff is, um, it's, I make it hard for people to like me on purpose because I don't want my audience diluted with a bunch of people who just aren't all the way in, you know, like I like to know who I'm talking to and what I'm afraid of. And I, what I think happens a lot is when you start, when your audience grows really big, you start changing your messaging to, to sort of, uh, appeal to more people. Like you don't, what, what you were saying before, it may offend some of these new people. So you start, not saying those things, or you start to try to guess and figure out, well, what was it about my account that made those people follow me? I want to do more of that instead of allowing your thinking to advance. So um, I, I, I focus on a really small number of people who really, really like my stuff. Um, and and that's, that's, that's what I do. But I think a lot of people, they, they see these big accounts and they assume, oh my God, this person, look at, she's traveling everywhere and look at how pretty her stuff is. And she must be making so much money. And she's so, it's like, no, they're not. Most of them are not making money. There is a teacher in Los Angeles who taught, he's got 200,000 followers now. When I knew him here, maybe he had 150,000 or something. We taught at the same studio twice. The initial studio I taught at ended up closing, but he taught there for a little while. During a peak time at 6 p.m., no one came to that fucking guy's class. It was dead, but he's got 150,000 followers and his whole account is him all over the fucking world teaching and, you know, doing handstands on rocks and teaching in fucking Greece, but he couldn't get anyone to show up to his goddamn class. And then he, then that studio closed down. We went down the street to another studio. Same shit happened. I was teaching at 6am, which is notoriously difficult to pull off in LA. I had less at this point, I had less than 4,000 followers or something. My classes were full. This fucking guy had two people in his class. So it's, but, but you would never guess that if you looked at his shit, you know? So like, I, I, I think it just, it, it, 
it discourages a lot of people. And I think people are, it's, it's a strange thing. It's like people, people justify following certain accounts because they see it as inspirational or something, but it really just makes them feel like shit. Um, and, and, and I think they're, they're misrepresenting what the results they're actually getting. So, yeah. And I think what you just, what you just said there is very valuable. And I think I'm not saying, and you're not mocking the guy, you're just telling the truth. Um, whoever this person may be, I think that's really important to, to, because as you said, some people can feel quite insecure if they're, they don't look as good as these other people, or they're not as young as the other people. And they think I probably can't make a career teaching yoga because people won't want to come to my classes, but the two don't correlate Instagram followers to, to people attending your classes. And um, I just want to make a quick reference to, so that was a great point, Ryan, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. The, the second last post you made on Instagram, how I built a highly profitable yoga class from scratch with less than 600 followers. I, I haven't actually watched it. I just was, um, obviously I can't watch mm-hmm. it now, but can you give me um, just, what is that video about? Sure. I, I mean, is that what it's about? Is it like a, it's not a joke or something, is it? You're no, no, like no, no, it's, it's, it's for real. I, so basically the idea. Okay, no, not sorry. No, so the idea was basically, um, well, that, that you don't need a lot of followers and shit, I just lost my train of thought. So, 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 so basically. What, oh, what the video is about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, so when I started my yoga class, I had, I just, finished teacher training. It was really, it was only a hundred hour teacher training, which I, I still only have a hundred hours of teacher training. And I didn't have anyone paying attention to me. And my, the point of the video was that because I had enough like marketing expertise and I was effective with my writing and I could be persuasive that I was able to negotiate a deal with a studio where they had no class at 6 a.m. The studio didn't open until 8 a.m. So what I did was I went to the owners and I was like, look, how about I start a class at 6 a.m. You don't have to do anything. I'll staff the desk. You don't have to promote it. You don't have to do shit. All I want is everyone's email address who comes in so I can follow up with them. So the I started teaching the class January 8th of 2014. And it was, and for the, a few weeks prior, I had been just telling everyone that I knew about you know, telling everyone that I knew who was into yoga in LA to come to this class at 6am. And I taught it for free for a month. So it was, it was initially, it was just going to be a trial thing. I was going to test it out on a Wednesday morning and then, but everyone could come for free and they did. And it was like, like more people had come to that class than the classes that I had been experimenting with before. So I emailed everyone after the class, like I went downstairs to Starbucks immediately after I emailed every single one of them. And I was like, Hey, just want to say thanks for coming. Um, hope you had fun. If we did this again on Friday, would you want to come back? And a bunch of them replied, yes. So I did it again on Friday, same deal after class, emailed them, asked them if they want to come back on Monday, if we did it. They said, yes, did it on Monday. So then that was what started my Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. So the point of the video was basically when you you know, becoming a better yoga teacher or going to more teacher trainings or studying more yoga or even practicing more yoga will not make people want to come to your class. No one gives a fuck how good your yoga is, how many hours of teacher training you have. No one gives a shit. No one's ever asked me. I have a hundred hours and I was stomping people with a thousand. So like none of that shit even matters, but because I understood marketing and because I, I could do all of the things that were necessary to get people to show up. And I made it really easy for the studio to say, yes, 
that they gave me this spot just to try it out. And I turned it into a profitable business. I was making, I was teaching fork. Like it started with Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I eventually added a Saturday morning class. So I was just teaching four classes a week, 55 minutes. I didn't like private clients because I was always really self-conscious about my yoga practice. I didn't want to have to demonstrate stuff. Like, you know, I can be funny and I'm a good teacher. Like I know how to get people into positions. I was a trainer for a long time. So I understand the body, but like it was in a one-on-one situations intimidated me. So I didn't have any clients and I was, so like my average income, monthly income from those four classes was between like four and 6,000 a month. My best months, I had a couple of them that was like 10,000 a month. Um, there's a lot to this and how I did this. I, I, I built a, so basically I'll give you the gist. I built a membership program. So, um, my class was at 6am, which was sort of before the schedule the official schedule at the studio started at 8 a.m. So they sort of, I was, I was kind of in like half one foot in one foot out a little bit. So people could, if they had a series or a, a package of classes at that studio, they could use those classes and come to my class. But if they didn't go to other classes, they could sign up for a membership. It was called, my class was called burn yoga and they could sign up for a burn pass and come mm. to just only my class. So I had a monthly recurring billing program for a bunch of people, which kind of works like a gym membership in that if they come cool, if they don't, doesn't matter. They're still paying, you know? Um, so, so that was like how I built that. That was how I built that business. But yeah, the point of the video was like, learn more about marketing and influence because no one gives a shit about your yoga teaching. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I like, that makes, that makes complete sense. I think, um, market god I, I love marketing i I'm, I'm fascinated by marketing i could just i mean i studied marketing in college not that, that actually matters because i learned more outside of college about marketing sure. than i did in college itself um and i think marketing people think it's like a dirty word but if you listen to or read seth godin's blog i don't know if you, you're familiar mm-hmm. with seth godin totally. yeah he has the most read blog in the world i believe um uh, he he does it he talks about marketing as an art form uh, without sounding too pretentious. And I think that if it's something you, you treat as a skill um, and a way to communicate value, then um, it's fun. Marketing can be a lot of fun. Um, if you just, if you, if you stop being so uh, hung up on the term itself. Yeah. Or yeah. If you stop being hung up on the term itself and if you stop trying to dis emulate what other people are doing or what you perceive them to be doing as their marketing, which a lot of times like with the pretty accounts isn't very effective at all. And so, so like lately, my interest lately, I've kind of been, I talk a lot about marketing and marketing tactics and all these different things, but what I've found, and it's kind of like a slow evolution. Like, again, it's just me playing with ideas and I'm finding things that are more interesting to me than other things. So these marketing ideas that I talk a lot about, you know, random talking videos, using email, but not, not pretty emails, not using template emails, writing just like plain text emails, um, and a few of these other things. So, so I, I, I use marketing as sort of a, a way to help people understand the results that will come from doing this work, which is like more influence, more money, et cetera. But what I'm finding is that I'm more interested in actually like the kind of subtle stuff that gets in the way of people just talking about what they're working on. Because really, you know, if you are confident in what you do and you know you can deliver and you're excited about the work you're doing and you're, and what you're learning about, it's like, it's not, what the fuck is marketing? You're just like talking about what you're doing and, and, 
it, it, so, so I think the word marketing gets in the way, but I, 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 I you know, I don't want to be like a self-help type teacher or like a motivational person or whatever. So I use money and marketing as a way to get people to take action, to help them confront things that are just stopping them from doing all sorts of shit like with their issues with confidence and the fear of speaking their mind and all sorts of things. I, I use marketing tactics to give people action items, but I'm more interested now in why the fuck haven't you been marketing anyways? Like what was stopping you before, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, um, just to say we have uh, five minutes left on this thing, unfortunately, but um, just sure. a couple more points I wanted to make uh, and share with you and see what you, you think. But marketing just just to finish the point on the marketing like okay the the model fab feature advantage benefits in marketing when you have a product and you explain the features the advantages of the product and the benefits of the product to the, to the person that buys it when you teach a pose you're teaching the someone the features of the pose this is what it looks like this this goes there this is the advantages of the pose over this other pose or doing this variation of it and the benefits to you are xyz so if you're a teacher, you're a professional communicator. And therefore, when you're in a class, you're constantly marketing Asana and marketing mm -hmm. how to breathe. So it's, it's, it's part of um, being a communicator. So um, that's just a, a kind of an example I wanted to give people who um, maybe don't like, uh, as I said, they, they feel like marketing gets a bit in the way. But um, Ryan, unfortunately, like I said, we've only got five minutes left. Is there um, anything else you wanted to address? The stage is yours. Well, the floor um, is yours. <laughs> well, I think, I don't know, I guess, so So in the beginning when, when your message to me was that like, I'm not a fan of your work on IG and I, and I was thinking about it, I was like, how, how could you not be a fan? My shit's the best. <laughs> but then at, the, at the beginning of this call, you said uh, it was like the, the aesthetics is like, is the problem, is the thing you don't like the aesthetics or is it, is it, what, what is it exactly that you don't like? So the first thing is the aesthetics. It, it, to me, it looks messy. Um, the second thing is you seem um, a bit too aggressive for me. It, it seems like um, a bit distasteful in my opinion. It, it, there's too much going on and I, I'm not sure what, what does this guy actually do? I don't know what he does. Weird introspective taboos about marking. I, I, I don't know what this guy does. And maybe that's me having a fragmented um, attention span. Um, or it's just the fact that it's on Instagram, and if I don't understand it in in, in thirty seconds, I move on to the next thing. Um, mm -hmm. But then, what did catch my was your uh, random talking video. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm just not a fan of uh, the way your your feed is uh, laid out. It's yeah. not something that resonates with me. Yep, I get that, man. I, I, I like think, um... <laughs> Yeah, well, I You're appreciate that, dude. You're interesting, man. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, man. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I assume, I didn't really think about aesthetics. Actually, that wasn't even where my mind went. I thought, you know, the, I, I assumed Dylan Werner's name would come up today, so I kind of, I kind of thought maybe just like my approach at that whole thing, mm. um, which, I, which I don't really, you know. There's a few people like the Ashtanga people. I've been a dick and I've said things that, you know. I was an asshole for saying it. Um, mm. And there's, a, there's even been, like, I've learned, like I, I've changed my approach. Like I, I'm open to change after that whole, uh, you know, ohm tattoo in my nutsack thing, all that controversy and all that stuff. I, you know, I, I've changed some things. I've changed the way that I communicate about certain things because mm -hmm. I just realized that eh, it's probably not the best. That probably wasn't that cool. I shouldn't do that anymore. So I, but so I, I do change when I learn, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
but I, I, yeah, I, I sort of use Instagram as kind of like, it's almost like a sketch pad in a way where yeah, I don't, it's not like my catalog. It's like a place for me to put, push ideas out and, 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 and see what happens with them. Um, so, but I do think though, like I, I do talk a lot of shit about pretty pages and I think some people, they take what I say maybe a little too far in that, like when they only post random talking videos and it's like, almost like there's nothing pretty. I don't really think that's a good idea mm. either. So I do try to mix in. I'm pretty good with Photoshop and I, and I do have some pretty images, you know, from things that I've done and I try to mix that stuff in there, but, uh, I don't think so. One of the things that I've been talking about recently and people have been responding to is that I don't think you should be, I think it's strange. It's a strange mindset to be scrolling through your phone, looking for a photo to post and then trying to figure out a caption for it, like Googling a quote or something. I think that is a really strange and problematic way to operate. I Mm. think you should be creating images for a message that you have rather than try to create a message to match an image that you have. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think some people are a bit, a bit, they have a schedule they want to stick to and therefore maybe they compromise and whether that's wrong or right, it's, it's a matter of opinion, but I hear what, hear what you're saying. Unfortunately, we only have a minute left. Ryan, I'll finish by saying, I like you. It doesn't necessarily mean I agree with everything you say doesn't necessarily mean I find it particularly of my taste, but I think that's important. I think it's really important to have open conversations, to not always agree, to not let being maybe slightly offended get in the way of having open dialogue. And um, I really appreciate your your honesty. Um, and perhaps we can do this again sometime. Yeah, man, I'd love to, dude. Yeah, and I think, I, I, I think you know, I, I dislike when people take action. And even when people don't like me, there's a lot of people now that are vocal about not liking me and they've, and they've maybe come off me and they're, and they're talking about other things now, but I, but I get people to act, you know, and that's like, that to me is, is interesting. And sometimes may not look nice. Sometimes there's collateral damage casualties, but you know, what kind of war has no casualties, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Ryan, on that note, thank you so much. I hope you agree with me that that was a healthy conversation full of debate full of some some conflict some resolution so um but ultimately valuable in my eyes and i hope you found value from it too if you did you can find me online kevin ball yoga forward slash support the yoga life podcast and if you find value feel free to give value if you'd like to support our sponsor and get yourself some bargains for the spring you can go on to om.com forward slash the yoga life podcast get some men's clothing for doing yoga for moving help you to support the environment and uh, look good in the process or good er i'm sure you look good already but you know it's always nice to have some new garms a little bit of housekeeping before i let you go as i said at the start my r myself and elisa our retreat is booked out in only in a few days so that's pretty cool um so we're taking uh, names for the waiting list if you'd like to be on that so when if even when people do can't unfortunately make it you'll be the first to know and get priority to be on our retreat in september in wicklow with hot tubs and hiking and loads of good stuff um it's may time way before then i have my workshop which is heels overhead handstanding and all that shenanigans and this sunday april 7th i'm doing a live podcast with adam husler it's a free event in yoga 
Hub, South Dublin. You can RSVP on my website under events. All information, Kevin Moore Yoga. Google me, you find me. And uh, hopefully I find you, get in touch. We'll start a dialogue and uh, keep this habit of healthy conversations going so thank you again always for listening your time is really appreciated i still can't believe that um, so many people listen to this podcast it's um i absolutely love it and i hope you do too look after yourself 